This is the Business Storytelling Show, a top global marketing podcast listened to in more than 100 countries, live streamed on social media, and broadcast on DBTV. Christoph Trapp chats with industry leaders to help your company tell better business stories. Here's today's episode. Let's go business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Hey, today we want to talk about data. And you know what? In the world of content performance, we all have to look at data. And you know, if you know what you're doing, that's probably a good thing because you can prove that whatever it is you're working on actually works and drives impact, however you define that impact. So I'm super excited to talk to Kevin Hannigan. He wrote, I'm going to try to pull that book up here. I'm on the wrong screen, my friends. Um, turning data into wisdom. And so you can uh, literally just scan the code of the book right there and get your copy right over here on Amazon. Now, the other thing too, we are live streaming once again to Amazon. So everything you see around me, the chair, the the sound panels, um, even that fake plan right there, that one, you can get all that on Amazon right now by clicking below. The sound panels, by the way, are currently 25% off and the wonderful fake plant 46%. Now, this is not an infomercial. We're here to talk about serious topics, including how do you become data literate? Um, let's find out. Kevin Hannigan, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. <laughs> Might check those sound panels out after for sure. Feel free to do it. Um, we uh, check out, yeah, Christoph Trapp on Amazon. If you are working, if you're watching somewhere else and not on Amazon, you can always find it like that. Uh, Kevin, tell me about data literacy. Why is that so important? And it's it's kind of an interesting topic to me because I'm old enough where we didn't look at any data, right? Whether or not something was well-written, if the boss said it's well-written, it's well-written. Nobody had any numbers. Exactly. So I'll... I'll answer it two different ways. I want to come back to the numbers point because that's an important point. I, th I think the term confuses a lot of people because they hear data. They say, to your point, time out. I'm not a numbers person. But why I think it's important more now is, you know, I talk about my father. He went to school for teaching. He went to the university. He taught for his whole life. He retired. In that generation, nothing really changed. Everything was the same. So whatever worked 10 years ago worked, you know, the next day, the next week, the next year over the past decade or so, things are evolving so transformationally with technology, with everything, that we're constantly relearning technology and learning how to apply those. And so the way the brain works is we have all this information stored that we usually make decisions on. Well, what we need to do is check that when it comes out of the brain, is this still relevant? And it's a concept sometimes where some things in your brain and your long-term memory, it was applicable a, a year ago, five weeks ago, whenever, is not relevant anymore. So the reason I think data literacy is more important now is because the world's changing faster than ever before. And so we have all this experience we've stored up and sometimes the experience is great, but the question's changed. And so we're answering a question with our intuition that's not the real question. And, and so fast forward now to data literacy, I think it gets a bad rap because the word data's in it. Just to level set everyone, when I say data or data literacy, data is not just numbers, it's anything, it's information, it's evidence, it's just like the raw source. So you read a survey on Amazon about a product, that's data. What do you typically do if you're trying to buy something like a coffee pot? Maybe you look at the reviews, do you read the first review and someone's like, this is the worst coffee pot ever? 
that's data. What do you do with that? Do you say, okay, not, not for me, move on to the next, or do you challenge it? Well, why was it a bad coffee pot? Maybe it turns out that they wanted something like the size of the coffee and you have a different criteria for that, or maybe they didn't brew fast enough or whatever the reasons you kind of have to data literacy is about challenging that information, that narrative and making sure it aligns with, you know, what your outcomes were. You said it great in the beginning, what are the desired outcomes you want? Well, with that, you work backwards. And unfortunately we find data that maps to a narrative that isn't relevant to our needs. It, it's kind of called confirmation bias is we find things that we think answers our question, but either it's the wrong question or it's missing a different perspective. And I think that's why it's important today because you see it all over the place, whether it be visualizations, numbers, or like I said, even just reviews on social media. What's interesting to me when it comes to reviews uh, or star ratings, right? Your five-star rating might not be my five-star rating. So what does it mean? And I actually look at when there's a lot of reviews, I can look at what the percentages and if there's like a high percentage double digit um, of one star reviews, yep. that's usually, I wonder, oh, that's interesting. And then if everything, if they have a big number of reviews and they're all positive, I wonder too, because how is that possible when you have that kind of audience? Somebody exactly. will not like your, your product. <laughs> 100% agree. And what you're doing there to me is the key of data literacy is you're, you're politely questioning and challenging the data, right? Like you said, even though it says you have 500 five stars, is that accurate? Yes, the data says that, but why? Is it a bot? Is it something else? So what you're showing there is the exact example we're trying to educate everyone to do is just because you see something, it's not saying the data is wrong. It's like, why did the data happen? Why did the information get there? What could have happened? Could it have been a bot? Could it be a different context? Could it be misleading? And what you did by politely challenging it and questioning it is kind of what the outcome is. That's what we're trying to educate everyone to do is just don't take it at face value, question it. Well, I always love to hear the words politely and challenging something in the same sentence. That's not always a given that people think of it that way. Now, but what are the dangers? I mean, especially I'm thinking about content performance, right? Or yep. anything on the web. I mean, the numbers are going up or they're going down or whatever is happening. And, and somebody will be like, well, here's what that means. And then some wise person, <laughs> we can't say anything else here on the show, or we have to make it explicit on Spotify. But do you know what I'm saying? They're being yeah. wise, and they're going to be like, hey, uh, no, that's not what it means. And this is what it means. And they just know, right? They just know. They kind of put the hammer on any collaboration. How do you move a team towards, number one, being data literate, looking at the data, and then considering what it actually means. Now, there's some things, I was looking at some keyword research today, and I was like, yeah, this is the wrong audience. Do you know what I mean? Like, it was crystal exactly. clear. Like, you cannot debate it. It's like, that is not what that other audience searches for. But sometimes people try to argue, right? So how do you figure out what, uh, how, to, how to make the team more collaborative and get the right information? That's the million dollar question. I mean, I guess I'll answer two parts to the point of like, you know, we're looking at our, our leads and our campaigns for our marketing ads. The first place that we see a lot of individuals and companies struggle is they don't have a success criteria. They don't have a definition for what they're trying to solve. What does good look like? Making it just like in, in performance improvement, we have smart objectives. You need to have smart business questions saying, you know, how did my marketing campaign do? Isn't necessarily the best 
analytic question because it open, it's open to subjectivity. Well, how do you define good? What are the parameters? So uh, the first thing we like to tell people is start out not with the data. Start out with what's the decision or the question or the problem you're trying to solve. Define the definition, define the boundary conditions, define the success criteria, be very specific so it can map to data. Are you including these segments, these channels? Are you excluding them? That will then quantifiably answer those questions. But then to your point, that's great. It doesn't really help you improve the business because the next question that comes up is, okay, why? And that's where you want to move to understanding that. And that process is a lot more complicated. But what I'll say that, that adds value is it's a team sport. You have a different perspective. I have a different perspective. Your colleagues will have different perspectives. Somewhere in there is a combination of the right perspective. And that's why I say politely challenge is my experience is going to lead me down a path based off my history, my beliefs. Yours will be different. If we all work together to def, you know, listen to each other's perspectives, it's like a puzzle where I have two pieces over in the corner. You have two pieces over here. Your colleague has two pieces over here. You put them together, you get a better puzzle. Easier said than done. We don't really do that in business and life because we, you know, the way humans work in our brains is we want our opinion to be right. So unconsciously, when we're listening to other opinions, we're not thinking, and I know you had a previous podcast talking about active listening. You're not active listening. You're going, okay, they're wrong. How am I going to prove they're wrong? But if we, if we train everyone to active listen where the goal is not right or wrong, it's understanding, you're going to come up with a, uh, using a scientific term, a hypothesis. And we do it really well in the medical field. We really do it really well in the science field. We do it really poorly in business. This is why it's happening. And then you test it and you learn from it. And the quicker you do that, the quicker that cycle is, um, the better decisions. But again, easier said than done because there's some organizations that say that's a failure. Well, and then people are nervous to, to make a guess and test it. But once we get beyond that culture, that is the answer is, Work with other people, collaborative, diverse perspectives, find out what you think is the most logical answer, try to find data to disprove it. If you can't, test it out, make an action, assuming this is the right audience, this is the right segmentation, and then quickly look at the data to you know, assess if it's right or wrong and you know, evolve from it. Yeah, it's very interesting on the whole being right or wrong thing, because I don't know that I work like that, honestly. I'm trying to collaborate. But I think the reason you tell me if I'm wrong, but I think the reason why people think like about right or wrong is because you kind of taught but either in school. Right. You're taught either you're right or you're wrong. And the teacher has the answer. And realistically, in business today, there's a lot of right answers and there's also a lot of wrong answers. And there's a lot of answers that work and they might not be right or wrong. They're just kind of they're working. So it's kind of an interesting dilemma, I think, that we're being taught. Uh, just a real quick reminder, we got it up here on the screen. Um, hard to point when you're on here. The business storytelling. You see what I mean. The business storytelling show. You can scan that and um, listen over on Amazon. Uh, of course, the show is available everywhere. As I'm talking in as marketing good career, Kevin, um, you know, I talk about finding that right culture and um while, you, while you're in it, um, there's different roles, right? And not everybody's doing everything, especially if the bigger a team grows. But in your perspective, and your answer cannot be everyone. That is, it cannot, please. But who, who should look 
at the data? Who should analyze it? I mean, I'm just, if I'm a creator, I'm looking for the best possible story, right? I'm finding the good stuff, not necessarily the complete story. I mean, maybe yep. everybody does that, but it, it happens. Exactly. It's not everyone, right? That, that is the good news. It is not everyone, but it is a team sport and everyone has a part. So I'll go back to what I said before, before looking at the data, someone needs to come up with what is the challenge we're trying to solve? What is the question that we need to answer with the data and the information? What is the problem we're trying to solve? Typically, that's a leader. It might be the CEO. It might be a department head. These are our goals. This is what we're trying to do. That set of quantifiable questions will then traditionally go downstream to an organization, whether it be IT, depending on how big the organization is. I mean, if you're in a small org, you kind of do everything. But in a bigger org, there's a group that will say, okay, these are the questions. We're looking at channels. So I need channel data. We're looking at revenue. I need revenue data. And they'll build out a kind of like a dashboard or a measurement framework that will ultimately have insights in it. They will say, you're trending down in this segmentation 20% week over week. Your sales in this geography are growing exponentially. Your um, pay-for-click advertising is growing. Those are insights. Those are not going to answer why. You then take those insights, and in the team that does this in marketing would be the people that are making decisions. It doesn't have to be all the way at the top. It's someone who's in charge of the, if we're trying to analyze ad strategy, it's someone who's in charge of ad strategies. And it's their job to then work with the team and say, here's my insights. Why is this? In what situation is this wrong? What can we do about improving or, or similar with this? And that person doesn't need to know the underlying data. They don't need to be a data scientist. They don't even need to be a data analyst. They're given an insight and it's their job, just like a medical doctor will get a list of symptoms. You have a fever, you have a cold, you have a runny nose. This test comes back you know, with this statement. They get all these insights, business insights. They then need to answer why. And the best way to do that is to get the diverse perspectives and move forward. So not everyone needs to be down in the deep, opening up the data. Not everyone needs to be analytical to actually come up with the insights. But the person who's ultimately responsible for driving the strategy and answering the question, they need to be able to the ones that, that challenge it, politely challenge it, get diverse perspectives, see if there's assumptions that are built into that, see if they have a confirmation bias. When that's done, traditionally, you, you increase the effectiveness of, of your decisions. You, you know, there's some things I can look at very easily, and I do. But what I really like is the data that just gets sent to me. You know, I'll give you an example. I use Wincher for my um, uh, my my keyword tracking, and it sends me emails based on specific accomplishments or not accomplishments, right? Like if you reach the top 10, it sends you an email saying, these keywords have reached the top 10. These keywords have reached the top three or the top one or whatever. Um, and it's very helpful because, first of all, it keeps me engaged with the data and the mm -hmm. performance. And it reminds me without me having to go, oh, oh, I better pull up the dashboard or I better go log into Google Analytics or whatever. Um, so it's very helpful, in my opinion, to kind of have it automated and have the insights. And I guess in that case, the wisdom sent to me. Now, let's talk about wisdom. That's the other part of your, your, your book here, Turning Data into Wisdom. How data is great, but how do we make it useful? How is it actionable? How does it become something 
that you can actually learn from. I mean, if I look at the, hey, you had four keywords reaching the top three, that's great. Makes me feel good for the day. But is that really wisdom? Like, what am I doing with that? Exactly. It's not. And it, it's kind of a hierarchy and it, it all stems with you have to know what the end game is. So there, there are types of analytics we won't go into today where you basically are given a needle, a haystack and say, find me a needle. It's impossible. You might get some good stuff out of there, but really what we're trying to do is you have an end state. What is your goal? What are your KPIs to drive toward that goal? What are your leading and lagging indicators? And then kind of working backwards, you, you have a team that gives you the data, the raw data, then it moves to information, which is just aggregations. Like you don't want to look at all of your um, open rates across every day and every hour. You want to aggregate. What's my average open rate on these times a day or similar? That's kind of information. Then you move into knowledge, which is your business domain. You know the business. You know what the terms mean. You know what people are doing. It's You can't answer these questions if you just live in the data and you don't understand the business, eventually you come up with, again, like a hypothesis. This is why this is happening. Wisdom is when you test that out and you learn from it. So there are many times, actually almost every time I make a decision, I'm not 100%, it's not 100% effective the first time. I've learned from it. It's not wrong. It's not right. But it gave me info. That's what wisdom is, is you've applied what you've understood from the insights. You've mapped it to what you think is true. You've tested it. And then the results of the test. So in marketing, maybe you do an A-B test. You say, I think this cover is going to be better. Well, let's test it out. Let's do an A-B test. And then you get the results back. Those results are your wisdom. This is better than that. Why is it better than that? And then let's remake all of ours to that exact answer. So wisdom is obviously the holy grail. And in my kind of pitch that I explain and, and preach to people is most organizations don't even know to try to get to wisdom. They see an insight and they say, case closed, that's the answer. Um, to me, it's just the starting point because you have to understand why is that insight there and then how can you use it to actually improve on your goals. And of course, if everybody is just trying to prove themselves right and everybody else wrong, you'll never get to wisdom. You're just gonna have a shouting match or whatever, shouting match right? The keyboard warriors and uh, on Slack or whatever. But how do you, so how do you actually get there? Like, so give us a few steps here. I don't know what are the top three steps or whatever to actually uh, get to that level and then use it. What's the culture like? How do you, how do you uh, instill that into the team? It's hard because as you mentioned before, there's skills we have innately as kids that are kind of suppressed out of us as we get older. So creativity, and I'll give a specific example, creativity, curiosity, um, critical thinking. Like you mentioned, once you go into school, it's like you're taught yes or no. And if you question, the teacher's like, don't talk back to me, principal's office. Or you get into your first job and, and you say, well, I'd like to understand the numbers better. What about this angle? Or, and some of your boss says, I've been here 50 years. I know this. Don't don't talk. You. So we lose this. But how we actually do it is is all human skills. We we challenge the assumptions. We challenge our biases. You would be shocked how many times a decision is flawed, not because of the data, not because of the question being wrong. It's because something in our brain is telling us it's different. I'll give you a quick personal example. Um, so I have four boys and one of them is on the autistic spectrum. And when he was much younger in his first grade, he was having a lot of behaviors. So they called us in for a meeting. They started tracking data. They had a spreadsheet. Here's all his behaviors. It's all escalating. 
So they jump to their understanding and wisdom is um, the school can't support them. We need to um, move them to a different school. No longer welcome here. So someone who practices this says, okay, why are there behaviors? You're not, you're answering the what, you're not answering the why. I need to understand the why. And they say, well, we don't know, bad kid behaviors, whatever. So I just said, you know, add more data, figure out what was he doing before? What did you do after? We had a meeting in a week and like behaviors are still going up. We're gonna have to kick your son out of school. They did all the right data analysis. They had all the right bar charts. They asked all the right questions. I just looked and I turned to my wife and I said, I got this. When I looked at the data, one thing that I noticed is every time there was a behavior like a, a destruction or aggression, um, he was sent to the principal's office. Data is accurate. Everything's right. The whole process failed because their assumption was kids don't like going to the principal's office. So I kind of irkly smiled and I was like, how does he act when he goes there? They're like, oh, he goes willingly. He likes it. We called him into the room and I said, how was today? He's like, it was great. I kicked a teacher. They sent me to the principal. She read to me for an hour. I think I'm going to kick her again tomorrow. And it just highlights that this whole process of you have the right data, you have the right question. What fails is we can't comprehend what we don't believe to be true, which is almost everything is changes, right? Their assumption was no one likes going to the principal. Well, kids on the spectrum love adult attention. They had no previous experience with that, so it's not in their long-term memory. And that that's what always fails is these assumptions. So how to avoid it is once you get the insight, challenge everything you know to be true. And the best way to do that is get diverse perspectives. They didn't ask us as parents until we saw the data, but work with your colleagues because they're going to have different perspectives. You know, my example is a personal one, but I have hundreds a year that I come across where it's the same outcome. It's, it's a missing or an incorrect assumption um, in the business world. Yeah, it's interesting how people can just overlook the data and what it means and wanting to dive deeper. I mean, especially when I'm thinking about your example, I mean, you would think educators, they would take that, I don't I want to say personal, but they want to take that as part of their job, trying to figure out why something is happening. But of course, you know, if they got huge classes, maybe they don't have the time to actually, sure. you know, look at the data. And I, I think that's a problem on many marketing teams too, right? We have all these things to do and there's only so much time in the day. And then, you know, some companies have meeting after meeting after meeting. Um, maybe in the, you know, the last minute here or so, um, tell us about how, how do people connect with you? How do they reach out to you? How do they stay in touch? And uh, really appreciate you coming on the show. If time always flies when, when you get great guests. That's like, fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate it. If anyone's interested in more, just go on LinkedIn, type in Kevin Hannigan. I think there's only two of us. I'll be the one that has this book you see here in the background. Um, the companion website, Turning Data into Wisdom. I've been posting blogs there about soft skills, decision-making, wisdom. So feel free to check it out. And there's a contact us page on there if you want to learn more about what we do or any training classes or speaking engagements. Just feel free to reach out. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review the Business Storytelling Show on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. See you then.